Hello, AIM members. Thank you for tuning in to the Broker to Broker podcast. I'd like to give a big shout out to the sponsor of today's episode, AFR Wholesale, a 2020 sponsor of AIM. To learn more about them, email partnerships at aimgroup.com. Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. This podcast is all about real talk, one broker to another. You might notice we sound a little different. We are keeping things rolling during quarantine and recording virtually. So tune in, enjoy the show, and stay healthy. Welcome to the Broker to Broker podcast, brought to you by AIM, Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. I'm your host, JP Hussey of the Hussey Team Mortgage Advisors. And today, we have my very good friend of many years, Chastity Graff, LA Lending. What's up? Hey, thank you for AIM and JP for hosting me today. I'm super excited to finally be an official guest to the Broker to Broker podcast. That's right. Uh Always a guest in my heart, Chas. Oh, yes. (laughs) Give us a quick update because you're down there in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. You got missed, right? By the yeah, hurricane? yeah, we had two dueling hurricanes this week and uh, Baton Rouge, where I am in New Orleans, the kind of the areas that most people know where they are in Louisiana. Um, we literally got passed by. It went right in between Texas and us. So it hit Lake Charles area really well. We have some dear friends over there who own broker shops um, who are in it right now. And so we're mm-hmm. just praying for them. But Baton Rouge, by the grace of God, I didn't have any damage and I, you know, just some wind and some rain. Still some rain today, but we're yeah. okay. You know. Good, good. Yeah, I know our our, our good buddy uh, Channing mm-hmm. down there. He's getting hit pretty hard. Um, Big prayers for Channing and his family, everybody in Broker. Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt. So yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, pick up your local your local broker loan officer, whatever it is that might be hurting. I mean, this is yeah. this is a true community. This this aim group and, but mm-hmm. I mean, I've known you for. Uh, what do we six seven years probably at least I think we're at seven or eight we keep losing track we keep yeah. going backwards like we keep going four or three and it's like no 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 I think it's like seven or eight now so it's yeah I think you would agree we'd probably want to go back and kind of get out of 2020 for for a bit right for a hot second yeah well I mean I'd had a hurricane in two that well not a hurricane it was a, a huge rain situation in 2016 and like three parishes around me flooded. And basically when that happens, you have to realize that's all of your database. That's everybody you're working on. So Channing right now, all of those loans that he has out there, he's now got to figure out, can he do them? Uh, what to tell these people? Uh, reinspections, the houses might be gone. I mean, there's just a million little facets and that most people don't realize going through this kind of um, huge situation. And you guys really came in clutch for me in 2016 so we all are planning on digging into Channing right now and seeing what we can do so if you're watching this if this is still a problem I don't know when this is going to air but please reach out to Channing and see if he needs anything he's going to say that's a a good point like yeah okay his house I think maybe his mom's house might again too many details but but that's his like we're all local people like that's our database too like man he had 20 loans. I know I know he was saying 20 loans in the pipeline that he's like got to scramble down. To. So not uh, only is he dealing with his people, he's dealing with those people. I have been through that situation. It is not fun. You no. know? So yeah, I not good. All right, but well, on to better things. Yeah. yeah. On the better things here. All right. So of course I know you, right? You're an, you're an OG of the, the broker world way before yeah. AIM and brokers are better. 
Um, but can you give everyone out there just a quick timeline of yeah. why you got in the business, when you started? You've always been a broker, right? Always. I've never operated always. under any other model. Um, when I got out of college, I was an account rep for a TV station That's and right. the local national uh, uh, lending company, a wholesale lender needed an account rep. And I already knew how to sell time and a piece of air is what I would tell people. Promise and a piece of air. So I went to the um, wholesale lender. I had actually been denied for a home loan right before then. And I was making good money and I knew math and it made no sense to me. And so whenever the opportunity came to me, I was like, well, hey, this is a logic problem that I want to learn, you know, making still good money. So I went over and in all honesty, I lucked into the business. So I started with a wholesale lender. I met a whole bunch of brokers and I thought I could do their job better than they were and yeah. not rip off people because that's when the market was, they wanted to make one on the front and five on the back. And if you right. don't know what that means, oh God, it was horrible. And that's what my job was. My job was to, to t teach them how to do that. Ooh. And so I would see people making $15,000 on a hundred thousand dollars. It was just stupid. And um, I was like, that's not, that's not okay. And if somebody were to do this and to do it well and to do it right, I think that they would have a long-term career. And I did it for my kids that I didn't have yet, which is so funny because I was <laughs> like, I want to be self-employed. I want to be around whenever my babies are little, um, you know, how do I get to X, Y, Z? And so I kind of reverse engineered it and I opened up a mortgage company and I fought like hell to stay in business. And I had, I was that LA lending was my baby before my babies. And I was, I was around, uh, they didn't have to go to daycare or, or whatever till after two, they went to more closings before they were two years old than most real estate agents in their yeah. whole life. You know, and, um, and yeah, and here we are. And they still, they're now seven and nine and they think that they're going to grow up and work in mom's mortgage company. Uh, Nathan's already asked me for it. Like literally when I graduate, are you just going to give it to me? Yeah, yeah. sure, dude. I'm just yeah, going to give it to you. Yeah. You know? Um, and so that's how I ended up a mortgage broker, you know, and I never, I never played in any other sandbox and yeah. I kind of like it. I like that. I get to say that, you know, yeah, so. no, that, I think that's awesome. And you kind of have like a one up on all of us over here, like that just got in this new broker movement right over the past few years. And it's like, yo, I was here before you. And, and I know you don't get like this, but, <laughs> but it, it could be hard to. I was at first. At yeah, first, well, I was really aggravated. Like, y'all came in. I was like, no, like, I've got this down. But right. now, no, I'm so happy to have my friends. So. Well, I mean, that's why you're, I mean, uh, aside of just being awesome, but that's why you're getting a lot of these opportunities to, to do a lot of this, these podcasts. I see you all over the place right now because people respect your opinion. You've been doing this long enough, right? And yeah, they just don't understand. They don't know what they're asking for. <laughs> right. Right, exactly, I get it, I get it. Now, hold on. what year was that when you got in? Or when did you um, Okay, so when I, I opened first Mutual Mortgage, which was a, a Mississippi derivative of um, the first version of LA Lending. Right. And that was in 2004, and then I, or 2005, and then I opened up LA Lending in 2007. So, right, so 13 years. The year 13 in 2020. Yeah. So a lot of people I've talked to that have been in the business before 2008, right? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them started like literally during the, the crash or right before, right? So let's not go too crazy in the past, but 2007, I mean, you open this up and then it just went to hell. Mm -hmm. Like, what? It wasn't even just the business aspect because I was still okay getting business because remember, I'm still doing it for one. 
like literally 1% origination, 0.25 on the back. So my rates are killer. I remember I had account reps, like I have really good account reps uh, that I'm still friends with. And she would ask, she would tell her other clients because they were like, how is Chassis stealing it? And she's like, well, she's not making what you're making on a loan. You know, I mean, she would flat out tell me that like I was stealing everybody's biz in town. Um, so I was able to stay afloat, but at that time period, the negativity that surrounded mortgage brokers, it wasn't even loan originators. It wasn't Chase Bank loan originators. It wasn't anything. It was literally the term mortgage broker. And that probably hurt my heart more than anything, more than the stunting of the, um, of my income, of the business growth, of the recession that we were going into, of having to answer those questions. It was being in the media perception that we were the bad guy. And I remember reading something that said that we were thought of worse than attorneys at that time. And I was like, I did nothing. Like everything that I had done was for the benefit of my clients. Right. And I didn't create those loan programs where you could have two times, uh, uh, two times 30 lates in the last year and still qualify for a hundred percent loan. What was that? Like the A minus countrywide program yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. I mean, I didn't come up with those, but yet I was being vilified for it. So that was um, emotionally more than more of a hard time than even. And I would have to say you guys coming in now, y'all are coming in perfect. Cause y'all aren't coming in with that. I have debt. Y'all guys are coming in and y'all are just making money. Like I, you know, like, like I have to build myself up out of this business because I fought so hard to stay in it. Um, so I kind of, I'm kind of jealous of you guys coming in. I'm not going to lie, but at the same time, it gave me such a, um, a true fighter warrior spirit for this specific, um, outlet yeah. for the specific career that I, I guarantee you, I'm way more scrappy mortgage broker than most. Damn right. You are. I know you. Yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, you got the, what they say, uh, I always say, uh, scars are for stars. That's yeah. my line. Hmm. I'm quoting Good. that. Yeah. I get paid on that. Um, huh. and I love it, but I mean, that's what I love about your honesty and saying, yo, this is what it is. And that's why people flock to you. I mean, mm -hmm. it's really that simple. Well, I kind of feel like I have made enough mistakes along the way that if I can help anyone kind of just operate their business better, because at the end of the day, that's what it is. The mistakes didn't change how I was a loan originator. I, I have, um, I'm a amazing loan originator. I know how to do my job upwards and down. What I've failed at is being a business owner. Okay. Um, and I've been a business owner for 13 years. So just continuously fail and to try to get back up again, um, that's my shortcoming. You know, and so I'm here to learn just as much as I say these things out loud. It's, it's accountability too, for me to go and be better. So, yeah, well, all right. well, let's dive into that a bit. So, I mean, I battle it myself, right? So I'm a small business. I'm the main producer in our office. Yes, we're building a bit, but that's tough, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that goes on just being an actual business owner, right? So yeah. how, what could you say about where you've maybe failed or what you're working on now? In terms of the business, while managing the loan stuff and being a loan officer, like, can you talk on that a bit? Well, there's like, like, just like how you're talking about, it, it's just so multifaceted yeah. because in our job, if we decide to become the business owner, we are the business owner, the rainmaker, the everything, mm -hmm. you know, the, um, the consultant, the, the mom, you know, yeah. the dad, mm -hmm. uh, you just, you just kind of, um, I wasn't trained to do all that. You know, and, and in all honesty, I'm an only child, so I'm not even trained to manage people. Yeah. I'm trained to do what I do on my own. 
I really, I had said something on the next level um, podcast that I did before is I really thought that people knew how to do their job just because I've always been one of those people that gets in and does their job. That is not 99% of the people who just want to be a worker bee. And, and so I had to take a step back. Um, also, just letting other people's dreams or what they like, I'm very much an empath. So people that are in my space, like if they're happy, I'm feeling excited. And I have to remind myself that might not be my excitement. It might be theirs. And, and same thing, sadness, anger, all that stuff. And I know that sounds weird and quirky, but when you're a business owner, I really have to like up my vibe when I walk in the room and make sure that this is what I feel. Because for a long time, I would just let whoever was in the room kind of monopolize what was happening because I was happy. So why would it matter? But it wasn't my dream. And I, and I know that that's a hard line to follow, but when you're immersed with other people and you're dealing with their dreams constantly and you kind of think it might be yours, but it's not, you kind of have to do a self-check constantly. And that I've learned. So this year I've been all about, is it my dream? Is it what I want to do? Is it where I want to go? Is it how I want to operate? And I constantly am asking myself that instead of, LA lending. It, it is what it is. It's going forward because I put these things in motion. No, now I'm not looking at it like that. Now I'm literally self-evaluating over and over again. Does this work for me? Does it not? If it's not, and if it's not on what I want, done. You know, yeah, and I wasn't like that for years. You that's know, a really good point. I think a lot of people battle that in, in sales because as salespeople, we kind of chameleon ourselves to the client, mm -hmm. right? Because we want to make them feel comfortable. And, and we are empathetic towards it, but then you have to make sure I'm learning this myself. You can lose yourself in that, right? Yes, I lost myself for years, lost myself with the people that I had around. Yeah. Me. You got to figure out what you want because what I'm starting to realize when you're good, right, then it okay, actually yeah. going to make everyone else better, but that's yeah, a yeah. tough thing to break through. And when you're a business owner and loan officer, it's, it's really two different things. You're like two different people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then another hat with the family and then another hat with friends. And then you have all the friends who want your advice as a loan officer, but don't want to use you. There are so many hats that we wear, you know? And so it's just learning how to manage all those. And then just, like I said, just really that constant inner dig. Is this what I want? Is this getting me to that next goal? Right now, like for the past six months, I've been building out the perfect loan process. I really took the time during COVID to really lean into the processes. And so I have my own processor. I have my own assistant. I have a new loan officer that started. And um, this is just for me. I make it rain. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I would think that everybody in this industry, if you're like, just honestly, what I did is, is it, it probably came from Kai, um, maybe often this, yeah, from this past year, but it was like sitting down and writing down everything you didn't want to do. And I've done that multiple times in my career. Like I've sat down and, and wrote it down, but I never really did like highlight, delegate, da, 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 da. And then, and then at the beginning of the year, Kai, um, challenged me to go interview a whole bunch of high power, other loan officers to like get out of my own head, see what they did. And so I interviewed like Scott Shang and like, I mean, like all of these, uh, Karina Carter, like major, major people and how they run their operate, Jackie Dunlap, how they operate. And, uh -huh. um, and I just sat there and picked their brains. And then I would say, okay, now if you were me, what would you do? You know, like, what do you see in me that I don't see in myself? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, and that was, that was really eye opening. That really is what kind of got me started on um, very specifically putting the, the, pieces in place to get where I am right now, which yeah, I love. Yeah. That's you a know. great point. So, um, okay. So sorry, not to tell Kai secrets on his coaching. No. But <laughs> I mean, 
just today, right? Like we're looking yeah. to, uh, and this is a kind of run in line with you. And then I want to ask you how your flow is going. But yeah. just today, I'm like, all right, I have to figure out what I'm, I want to do, what I want to stop doing, and what I'm unsure of. That's how I broke it out. Um, that's what I was doing. And I think that's what you got to do. You have to have the list, right? Just And yeah. keep it simple, right? Would you mm -hmm. recommend, like, keep it simple at first? Because you're going to overwhelm yourself. But well, what I did is, is I started on a Google Sheet. I'm trying to get away from whiteboards because I want to be able to search stuff. So I, I made a Google Sheet. I, in the middle, like I did two columns on the left, two columns on the right, like middle, like that fifth column, that middle column. And I literally wrote down every single step. There's probably like 86 yep. tasks or whatever. And then one column over here has chastity. And then one over here has Becca and Ty. Okay. And they literally have X's by every single thing that I think that they're even competent enough to do at this point. And okay. if not, it'll have an X by mine and an X by theirs and say, okay, the second that we get to this, we're going to do this together. And so that's where I'm at. Honestly, I'm trying to whittle my stuff down to like five or less because MCR reports, making it rain, da, 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 da. That's what I want to do. I actually you don't want to do MCR reports. No, I'm a hire a bookkeeper for that. I've already talked to the bookkeeper to come in. About that. But you know what I mean? I mean, I want to go to lunch. I want to play golf. Like you idiots going out and playing golf. I don't get to do that. You know, like, so I'm trying to figure out that. I'm trying to figure out that aspect. So, all right, yeah. so, all right. Well, is there five things that you want to do? Like, yeah. in your head? Is it there? Like, can you, are, have you figured that out yet that you want to get to? Lunches with agents, agent classes, initial phone call to my veterans from Veta VA, because that's a big okay. one. That's like kind of like a thing. Uh, okay, that's Griffith. three. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my three. Um, hmm. I'll think about the other two. I haven't written That's down. Cool. It's basically making it rain, just making it rain and um, delegating, 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 you know? So I, you know what, for the longest time, there were two reasons why I didn't do it. And it was because I didn't trust anyone to come in my business, to open up my computer where all the social security numbers were and stuff like that for years and years and years of data of people. I didn't trust someone to come in my business because I was responsible for that data. So that was number one. And number two, I just assumed that I could do it all better than anybody else. Well, yeah. You got to hire people. Yeah. You got to trust people with other people's stuff. They sign a background, you know, check. They sign stuff saying they're going to keep it all private. I have a VPN. Everything is secured. I have the head of IT at LSU who does my security at work. So I know it's all secure. That was luck. <laughs> and then, um, and then the other one is, of course, people can come in and do a job that really is very menial on the on the scale of things and do it just as good as i can it's you know not better, like, right? if because not better because pulled, that's their job yeah. and they're not being pulled 20 million other places yep. you know so like i said i mean i'm not gonna say like right now my processor i pulled she was a latent processor she'd stopped processing in 2009 hated the like the market went crazy right. she's a genius she still knows everything nothing has changed that much i love her so much my assistant she is a teacher, a math teacher, geometry teacher. She's a, she's brilliant. She's so far. She makes all the initial phone calls. She builds out my, all of my mortgage coach reports. I go in, I check rates. I go into the draft emails that she's built. I revise language and then I send. And that's where we're at with that right now. And then she pushes them to application. So how's it going so far? I mean, like you just said, it's, it's going well, but how she's long have they been? Way more, they're all waiting on me. I'm the bottleneck right now. 
So okay. they probably hate that I'm doing this instead of sitting on the computer and working for them. Cause I did another podcast and then I did something else. I'm like, well, you know, they're all like chassis. We need you to jump in it. <laughs> well, you have to continue doing what one of your top five are going to be. Once you get there, you can't just stop doing it. That yeah. happened to me for a bit. I'm like, I, I, I was in loan so much that I forgot to do the things I like to do that actually brings business in. And I actually like doing it. Yeah. So thank God I got my wife and Nikki that are like, yo, we have to do this food drive thing. We have to do it. I'm like, I don't have time, but I'm like, wait a second. What do you mean? Like we have to, this is what we like to do. So we can't stop yeah. doing it. So you we can't stop, stop doing, doing things that. you like, cause then it's just work again. And yeah. then you get burnt out and I've been burnt out. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm probably burned out right now. I don't even know. Where I was burnt out for a good solid three years. Yeah. I think it wasn't until AIM, probably until I went to go speak in New Jersey. Uh, I mean, in Atlantic City that I finally stopped hating mortgages again, you know? Yeah. So weird. That was a fun, that was a fun weekend. That was a fun yeah. weekend. You got to see it. When I first met Anthony and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was Everybody all. Everybody was there. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was good. Voice. I was Irvine, but either way. Irvine was fun. All right, so check it. I want to talk about one of the things you like to do and where it's come since 2007, let's say. You're okay. a rainmaker, right? You're yeah. very, very good at networking, right? That's what we've talked about in our, our fight clubs for a lot of years. Like, we're all OGs at that, right? So it's evolved, right? So how has it changed from 2007 to 2010 to where it is now with how you would generate business? Like, that's it is night and day. I mean, it used to, whenever I first started, I remember having like, I typed myself up a script and I taped it to my desk and I would sit there with a phone book or whatever the, um, the housing magazine was that week, who was, who was advertising in that and stuff like that. I remember going into the for sale by owner website and looking up all the addresses and making flyers without them asking and mailing yep. them out to them and just hoping that they would use it this is how different our lives are Facebook. Okay. So when we first started, I had to fax in conditions. There was no upload. I remember whenever they went to automatic upload and we had to go into the, the lender systems and upload. And we thought that that was like insane, you know, like what, you know? And so when I say how much things have changed, y'all can't even quantify how much things have changed. When Facebook came around, I thought Facebook was fun. And that's how I met you guys. Facebook taught me that you can use it for business and not just social. Mm -hmm. I talked about this on the next level podcast, so I'm not going to go into a lot. If y'all want to watch it, y'all can, but it was like about learning the algorithm, you know, like really learning how, what you put, when and where and why gets seen and then tricking that out and then learning how to go teach that to real estate agents. So we developed classes and we all teach very, a very similar class just with our own spin on it. Um, I love that. I actually love that more than I even thought. So I think maybe in the heart, I am a coach. I am a teacher and I just was running a business for so long. All right. So if someone's on Facebook right now, they really, let's give some free info then. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're not really engaged too much. You're just kind of starting or you don't know what to do or you got burned out and you forgot what to do. What would you tell them to do right now? Like the first step to start getting yourself out there. If you need to get some exposure now. First thing that I would do is I would just kind of, um, okay, friends list. You cannot do anything if you have 800 friends. 
I'm sorry, you need to start opening up and adding friends. I'm probably at 4,300 now. And, and that was something that Stacy Stanley and Katie Parsons and Michelle yeah. used to always pick on me about because I would have like 1,500 friends and I would stay there, but they were like, woo, like way off. Yeah. So I started just befriending everyone. And the truth is, is no one remembers if you befriended them or they befriended you. So stop making it about an ego thing. Just start making friends. Just blah, 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 blah. And then as you don't like those friends, unfollow or defriend and keep doing it. So the powers and the numbers, that's number one. Okay. Um, number two is your hit list. If, um, if you have okay, <laughs> actually three things, if you have nobody in your pipeline right now, schedule a vacation, go on vacation tomorrow and you'll get 20 loans today. There you go. That's my, that's my goal winning. Everybody send me money right now to my Venmo 20 bucks. There you go. Okay. Um, but, but to be realistic, if you really wanted to kind of make some sort of impact, sit down with a piece of paper and write down a hundred of your friends that you know are going through a divorce, getting married, having a baby, kids are graduating from college, the, the big things, you know? What, were, what would be reasons that they would move? This is the hit list. Is this a hit list? The hit list, okay? Right, okay. And so then you just wanna start communicating with them because what you're trying to do is you're trying to trick your algorithm to start showing them Really, it's not so much them on your wall because you're going to go out and search for them. You don't need them to just pop up on their wall. Right. You need to search their name and engage with them. The whole thing that you're trying to do, though, is to have your things pop up on their wall. Got it. And so you're trying to, so, so the idea that Facebook is just this um, mystical land where things just pop up on a wall, that's not true. You need to learn how to drive it. And so that way, whenever those people need to see your message, they're seeing it. I also don't post work, 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 work. I also don't overpost. I don't post 20 times a day about every single task that I'm doing. That's, you know, you want to post the fun stuff. You want to remind people that you're a person. You want to remind people what you do. You want, and you really, at the heart of it, want to remind them that you're witty and that you're funny and you're easy to get along with. And you always want to be one click away. Like if somebody can't click my name and find my phone number, I've done something wrong. Drives me nuts. Nuts. How many times do y'all go look for somebody and y'all click something? You can't find their work. You can't find their cell phone number. You can't find anything. Mm -hmm. Like, so that would be like, I think that that's like four really gold things right there that just would uh, start some sort of, you know, healthy engagement on Facebook to kind of get you, but then never stop. The things I get asked yeah. is like, they can't believe that I still coach. They can't believe that I still go to classes and that I do this. What? Like I am getting better with time. I am not stagnant. I am not going to go backwards. I'm going to keep going forwards and making myself the very best me that I can. And that means investing in myself. That it means taking Renee's Amplify class that cost so much, but that changed my life so incredibly that mm -hmm. I would pay 20 times over what I paid for this man. You know, I mean, and like Christine Beckworth and, and Kai McBride, those are my coaches. You know, I mean, so you do, you, you have to invest in yourself and then you have to learn, you know, I mean, yeah. you, those people push me, you know, to make it rain just as much as I push myself. So the clients want to like the, the people that used you, once they realize you're a real person, then they start to personalize you. And then you're going to be more memorable to them more than just that transaction. Cause I, I promise you, my clients don't really get to know me during the transaction. It's afterwards. And on the Facebook and ah, ha ha ha, your kids are so cute. And I had that same situation and blah, blah, blah. That's how these people remember me and use me five times over. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think, I think people forget that being a broker owner, like we chose this so we can have our own control over who we want to be as a human being. Forget about the mortgage stuff for a yeah. second. Right? 
this is a great industry to be able to do that, right? And then if you're not being who you are, that's going to hurt you more. We forget, like we're in this again, because we chose this lifestyle to be able to be with our kids and having no one really control us. When we let the industry control us, I think that's where we get in trouble. And we've all been there. We have well, to. I think people think they have to be a certain way, but the truth is, is there is a certain person. Everyone has a different personality type. What? What is there? Like sixteen personality types, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, everybody yeah. does, and everyone has someone that they're going to connect with. So, whereas I might be able to get a scoop of people, there's going to be that whole barrel over there that don't. They don't want to work with me. Mm-hmm. So we need somebody that's the flip side, but that's also honest and lets people cool. know. You know, so it, it just. It's one of those cyclical things. There's somebody to work with everybody. I always feel like, God, we lucked out in this industry, huh? We lucked out coming into an industry where we can really be whoever we are, do very well. You know, um, I just, I feel really, really blessed at the end of the day that I just got lucky and got a job at 24 that opened me up to be able to open up a business at 27 and still be here at 40. I mean, damn. That's awesome. I love it. I love the positivity. I I posted something today that was from six years ago and I kind of needed it. Right. It said, piss people off with positivity, you know, hus bus, the whole thing. Right. But that just popped up today. So I think that that's cool. And I love seeing you like this. So that's awesome. Um, Art, we only have like 10, 15 minutes already. Right. I mean, (laughs) so I always end with two questions. I know you're going to, going to have some good opinions on it. Right. No, good Lord. But no, (laughs) the next three to four years, right? You've been in this industry since 24, right? You've seen the changes. Where do you see the industry in three to five years, three to four years? Like, where do you really see it going? It's definitely going the way, I mean, of course, uh, COVID number one has thrown us techie ahead, like big time, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I hope independent wise that we can just keep battling these very large, uh, conglomerates. I think that you got like some of the new brokers coming in, they think it's all fluff when we say the quicken stuff and all that, but I was there, I was in it. I had my market share slashed in half because of clients I sent to them or other lenders. Um, and I didn't have the foresight that Anthony had to say, let's change it. I just thought it was what it was, but it is the God's honest truth. So if you are literally making, if you think that you're doing your client a service by getting them an eighth better on a rate and you're making your full comp instead of you taking maybe a slight comp hit, giving them that same rate and being able to then service them in the future, that's the real deal. And let me tell you why you think that you're doing them a, a service by sending them to quick to quickie now. And you think that you're like pat yourself on the back about it and everything. Mm-hmm. So when that quickie LO calls them in four years to refinance and doesn't know a damn thing and talks them into refinancing when they don't need to. And instead they're not calling you because you took yourself out of the equation. You know, I think there needs to be something to be thought of beyond this one transaction that I can see. Um, Stop thinking that you have to make your max comp on every single loan. I lived for years making one and a quarter on every loan. I built a business on it. If you think you can't survive on several thousand dollars per transaction, wake up. If you think you have to do three to four transactions a month and that's enough work, wake up. I was closing nine to 10 to 12 loans a month back in 2009 and 2010 and I didn't even know that that was like a big deal. 
but that's what I did to survive because I was making one and a quarter, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I, I just think there needs, we have a lot of very, um, we have, we're in a weird place right now. We brought a lot of brokers in and we gave them the world and they think that this is easy and it's not, you know, and you have to make hard choices. And sometimes it's not what's easiest or what's best. Sometimes it's long-term. I, yeah. I think there was some, some gold right there. Uh, I, I'm, I appreciate you going into that because we see it a lot. Like don't send a quickie. Uh, it's all about client ac acquisition which is true. But it's not but words. It's, it through it. Yes, it's There's not just words. It's not right. just for brawl. It's not just for aim. This is about your future. This is okay. about where you are in business in five years. And if you have the ability to pick up when you're desperate and you need a loan and you know that that person closed with four and an eighth, but you call them and you find out that quick and refinanced them to 3.75 and it probably wasn't the best deal, even though you could have got them at three and a quarter now and now it doesn't make sense. I mean, so these are the things you really have to, you know, you're handing your client base over to the lenders that you're doing business with and you're hoping that they take care of them. That's just the same that you would, but they are not. Yeah. So you have to pick better partners. And that's not even something I knew a couple of years ago. I did not know that until AIM came around, you know, so no, I no, I appreciate like so you're saying look at it in a bit more deeper of mm -hmm. what this client can do for you for the future and also yeah. protecting them. Mm -hmm. Like if you're an empathetic person like yourself, like myself, like I literally think about those people down the road five, six years, like where can I help them then? This yeah. is a, this loan's a stepping stone to help them. I, I just had a client, I won't go into this too much, but it was the first loan I ever did in 2011 when I got in the business, right? It was bad credit, the whole thing. We, we helped him out, closed him. I've refinanced him three times since then. Mm -hmm. And I just refi refinanced him last month for the last time I told him, right? We went from a 30 to another 30, then to a 20, and then to a 15. Like, that, that's a really good story. Yeah. Like, that's legit. First one I ever closed, to now he's in a 15. I took it start to finish. But if we let them go, they're, they're not going to get the, the same respect and the right plan of action for them. Personally. It's easy to, to decide too. It's just like the lender. Are they phone call disc jockey lenders? If they're going to pick up the phone and call, call your client, if they're going to proactively call your client. Yeah. That's it. I just don't understand that because I'm not picking up the phone and proactively calling my clients. Right. Yeah. I sure as hell don't want the lender I sent them to to snake me and do no. that. No. You know, and so I'm not, uh, I would rather make a thousand dollars less now and have the client five more times in the future. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, cool. I think there's going to be some good clips there for them to take. Okay, good. Sorry. Okay. And I cursed a little bit. Sorry. No, I love it. Um, last question. Okay. If I kind of went into this earlier, but if you're new mm -hmm. or you need to refresh yourself a bit, you're in a in a spot where you're stuck in the business, you're maybe overwhelmed right now with everything going on with COVID and the amount of business that we get, um, you're burned out, whatever it is, where do you start to get out of that? To be honest, my first phone call would be to Christine right now, Christine Beckworth. Okay. That uh, 2020 um, build out that she has going on, that will help you in every single aspect of everything that you just talked to me about. Really? 
Yeah. So she has uh, different, and and I have. <laughs> I'm telling you from personal experience. <laughs> I, get it. I have. I had a meeting with her yesterday. Um, so basically, she has all these different levels of coaches for all different things. So so for like me, like you know, my uncle. Let some of y'all know my uncle passed away in June. I have. I'm having some trauma issues. She has a trauma business coach that's like business trauma. So I have my coaching session with her, and then next week I'm going to go and talk to the the business coach on trauma and just find out some different ways that I can think about that. And then she has other coaches that talk about that. So if I really was that bad off, I would raise up the flag. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. I was, if I was just stuck, I would change my group. I would just go find some new friends that I like to talk to. If I like in the women's network, I would dive into a couple of those women. I would start a new text message thread with four or five brokers that I know, okay. you know, liven it up a little bit. So it, it really just depends on where you are in that level of being stuck. But like for me, I'm dealing with stuck and trauma and growth and all those things. So I need a little bit more of a leg up than just, you know, Hey, throw me yeah. a line. So I'm paying somebody to do it. It's that simple. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because I know for a fact that there's people out there just with the stress of this business COVID. along with COVID like people, not just in our industry, are they're struggling a bit right now. So mm -hmm. it's really good to start an old network here. For, I didn't know this about Christine. I know Christine, but I didn't. I haven't checked out the 2020 as much as I maybe should have. Yeah. I think it's really cool for you to to let people know that that there's a spot for them, and they don't have to feel alone with their the business stress, the life stress, and they can because let's let's face it, we're all intertwined in this business. It's life and business all the time, right? All the so time. Mm -hmm. to separate that can be tough. And I think that's really cool that you just gave uh, forty-five to 50,000 people an outlet right now to go get well, help and not be ashamed about it. I was going to say, if I am, I am literally telling you guys that me as a business owner for 13 years probably makes less money than you guys. I probably have more debt. I probably have, I have a client list that's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I can go and run circles around mortgages and all that, but there are things I didn't know. And I didn't even know I didn't know them, you know? And so now I'm, I'm taking this time to fix what's wrong. So that way it can be right from here on out. And Christine and Kai and Renee and what AIM gives and the weekly sales calls and the motivation and, and in all the community, that's, that's our gold. You yeah. know, use the search bar for God's sakes too. If you're in brokers are better, use the search bar. All right. But listen, it just go off for a minute. What else in brokers are better that you want to, you want to tell bar. Search hey, bar. Great quotes. Um, you don't ask. Yeah. Yeah. We're all pricing stuff different. different. Uh, it's all price, but different comps, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Stop yeah. hating on Todd for not having a processor and work until one o'clock in the morning. The man is closing 40 something loans a month and he does it better than you. Stop hating on him. Um, love one another. Quit, quit arguing so much. Just love one Say, another. And all of these R Renee, Kai, Christine, aim like, a lot of that stuff that they talk about have nothing to do with actual mortgages. Mm -mm. I think people are forgetting that, right? Yes, yes. That's the business. Details in there, but that, people. use yeah. that for yourself. Yeah. And so then you do need to know, you do need a little crew of how to do mortgages too, you know? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it, Chess. I love I'm you. I'm good. I, I gave you everything. I bled. I know. Right. <laughs> Thank you. I hope to see you soon. 
Uh, virtual. Uh, well, we are virtual, but mm -hmm. I hope to see you in person soon again. Love you, Chad. Right. Bye, Broker Nation. Love you guys. If y'all ever need anything, reach out. So, Thank you. Bye. Later. Thanks for listening to the Broker to Broker podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss a single episode. Head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker and subscribe on any platform where you listen to podcasts.